Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of Unethical Podcast. Don't do it! Don't rape people! Stop! No more! Our guest host for this episode is Brayden Hay, and our case study in controversy is the Brock Allen Turner Stanford rape case. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. that's funny because you I said to um Bobby the other day because you uh Tally was like my gun's in my nightstand and in my mind I was like you mean your bedside table and I was like (laughs) I'm not gonna say that because they are going to pull the absolute piss out of me it's a table by the side of your bed it's a bedside table It's not the first thing that I thought of. That kills my pinky toe on a daily basis. Yes, that. (laughs) It's where I hide my vibrators. And guns. Make sure you grab the correct thing. Me. I only have the one thing. So I guess if I have to defend myself, it's going to be with a good time. (laughs) (laughs) That could be, that could become quite dangerous if you pull the wrong item out of your drawer. (laughs) For Tally, not, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just gonna have to try blind them with it. I don't know. Wrap it around his head one time, or her. It could. Whoever, whoever's trying to rob me, I'm just gonna go. It's gonna be a guy. I'm just gonna go look for. It's gonna be a guy. Let's just establish this right now. It's gonna be a guy. I'm okay with that. It'll be a guy. Have any of you guys ever been in a situation where you were extremely vulnerable of being taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And how did those situations end for you? Um, it ended well. Uh, I, it's actually, I was in an abusive relationship for way too long than I'd like to admit, but it actually turned out well because of my support system. All I had to do was make one phone call and she was right there for me. That's good. It's nice that you have a support system, Tally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I made it out alive. For sure. It, you never know, man. Where you're from the Midwest there is the, are you still Midwest? Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a dangerous place for killers. <laughs> a lot of places to hide baddies. For sure. Baddies. I love it. You did it. You finally <laughs> did the, you finally did it. I've been waiting for the Midwest accent to come out. You just did it now. The baddies. Real good then. Real Fargo. That's all I think about with that accent. It's just Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're very well known for that movie. So it's two hours from me that the city Fargo. Fargo. I've, I've been in a, a vulnerable situation as well. Uh, but as a guy, I never felt uh, in danger ever. I'll tell you that much. I always, doesn't matter. I was like vulnerable, but I was like, I can make it home. I have no fear at all. And I just went home and made my way home. Zero fear of anything bad happening or it ended well for me every time. But I know if I, I could have been easily like robbed or anything I've been like blackout drunk. I remember like laying in a, a snow bank and then waking up like 20 minutes later, being like, probably should go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. And that was yeah. okay. I wasn't like terrified that that happened. I got up the next day, had a great time. So that's just yeah, my, wow. 
there's been quite there's been a, quite a few actually but the main one that sticks in my mind was when I was around I was 16 and it was just it was uh with a friend that I hadn't seen for a while and I met up with him again and he invited me to a party gave me lots of drinks and basically just ended up telling me that if I didn't do what he wanted me to do, then he was going to make things very difficult for me. So it was incredibly scary and terrifying because it was someone that I originally had been friends with and thought a lot of and had actually had a bit of a crush on in school. So he definitely used that to his advantage. And um, yeah, it was, it ended up not being a very pleasant experience. I've had a lot of instances when being vulnerable was a significant issue for me. Um, I would say when I was 15, my biggest instance was being assaulted and it was by someone that I knew and it was a friend of mine and I got coerced into doing things that I shouldn't have needed to do. Um, it's a scary situation and I truly wish it didn't happen. And it's just, it's, it's definitely the hardest topic for me to talk about. Let me ask you guys another question. When was the first time that you guys heard the term date rape? It wasn't really a huge term in Australia. It has become so probably in the last 10 or 15 years, but it was something that we would hear in like American movies. People would talk about date rape. For us, it was literally just about being assaulted. But when the whole um roofy things started happening like people being having drugs dropped in their drink and stuff then it was referred to as date rape yeah me i heard about date rape uh i would say the song from sublime called date rape i don't know if anyone's ever heard it uh, goes through a whole scenario of a date rape so i was fully aware of what it meant it wasn't like it was a mystery song by the complicated lyrics lyrics of uh, bradley noel from but did people uh, use it casually in high school would be like spoken of like it wouldn't be like i'm gonna go date rape that girl it's like that girl could be date raped if there was drugs involved or you know what i mean like so in like late 90s then yeah late 90s early early 2000s okay yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say too um so of course the song date rape but uh, i was born in 91 however grew up on this music you know type of genre so yes i heard the song but yeah i didn't know what it meant until I went through sex education when I was 15. So that, you know, that would have been my freshman year of high school. I heard about it with the same song actually, which is really interesting. Um, but I just grew up hearing about it through movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would it surprise you to know that the term date rape was actually coined in 1975? Not really, no. I found that surprising. I yeah. thought that was um a far more modern term like late mm. 90s like Richard said Cl yeah, yeah exactly closer to the new millennium I yeah. was thinking was when it sort of became more normal going along with you know um more attention being drawn to sexual assault in general in 1975 it was still very um not widely acknowledged as a problem you know I didn't do any research into it but I actually yeah. would like to know now if that happened to coincide with like the more um, rohypnol and such being more widely available at that time, yeah. I wonder. Because I know, I think it was in 1975, the uh, quaaludes were big 
as far as um, drugs that were abused. Yeah, Matthew. Cosby got the fucking prescription filled. You know what I mean? Fucking guy. Mm-hmm. That was his drug of choice for sure. Segway. Today, we're going to be talking about the uh, Brock Allen Turner Stanford rape case. Who's familiar with that Ugh. case? I'm sorry, but fuck that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll, do you, I'll do you one better. I'm not sorry, but fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I've heard of it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let me break down the incident for you guys. I'm just going to give you, uh, what do they call it? A trigger warning. Just be ready to be fucking mad. All right. Yeah. Okay. So in 2015, a Stanford student and athlete named Brock Allen Turner sexually assaulted a female student after they both attended a party earlier in the night. What actually occurred at the party is impossible to say. The victim has no memory of it. And so we only have Brock's version of events. He attended a party at a frat house where he allegedly saw a woman dancing by herself. He claims he approached her and complimented her and she laughed and thanked him. The two danced together for about 10 minutes and eventually started making out. And Brock asked her if she wanted to go back to his dorm. And she, according to him, went with him voluntarily, but they only got as far as the dumpster behind the frat house when he asked her if he could finger her. And she said, according to him, that he could. So he says that at that time, they laid down behind the dumpster. He removed her underwear and bundled her dress at her waist. Um, and pulled her bra down so that there could be some heavy petting. We know for sure that both Turner and the victim had been drinking at the party. According to the court documents, Turner's blood alcohol level registered at double the legal limit of 0.08, and the victim registered at three times the legal limit. So from this point on, this is where documentation exists. Two students who were riding their bikes on campus came across the scene behind the dumpster uh, at the frat house, And they could see a man, quote, thrusting on top of a motionless and partially undressed woman. They said that when they approached Turner, at first, he laughed about what was going on. And as soon as they were like, bro, she's unconscious. What the fuck? He fled. They were like Swedish dudes. So they were probably like, bro, what are you doing back there? (laughs) Richard is right. Richard is right. Let's take a moment. (laughs) Let's lay all of our respect on these two students. Their names are Carl yeah. Frederick Arndt and Peter Johnson. They were both graduates from Sweden, as, as, as Richard mentioned, they're from Sweden. So their instincts in this situation, amazing. Love them. I have questions about this because the, the way the, maybe you can answer them. The way it's described from what I understand is that they kind of saw like something going on back there and then they went further to like see it and then they saw she was passed out like, uh, they didn't just see, I, I, it would make more sense to me if they just saw, but it, it, the way I understand it is they kind of like investigated more. So it sounds weird to me. It sounds like they like were striding on their bike and they're like, Oh, someone's fucking over there. Let's go check it out. And they went, Oh, they're not fucking. That's uh, it no, sounds. I, I don't think so. From what I understand, I don't think that they went to investigate something that would make sense. I think if she was conscious because they might've yeah. heard the struggle, yeah. but from what I understand, they just happened to be riding their bikes by and just caught motion behind the okay. dumpster. As All you right. do, I don't know if you've ever taken out the trash and you see like, you know, a raccoon out of the corner of your eye or something, your eye is just kind of drawn to it. 
I wonder what's behind the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, darling. Okay. Yeah. I always look for situations like that. Like when I'm at the uh, grocery store in the parking lot and I'm like, there's some kid walking around this vehicle. Just want to make sure like the greeting between this kid and the adult is okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. and not like, oh, I don't know who you are. So I'm like, okay. All right. Go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's great. That's perfect. That's exactly what we need. Okay. So what happened was Johnson was the one who chased Turner down and he chased him down. You guys like the fucking T-1000 from Terminator. I'm telling you, he is full speed. This guy has got a head start, hooks him with his leg and just fucking slams him face first into the ground. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Cause like Brock Turner was like a fucking athlete, man. That guy was fast. And, but these guys were like nerds. These guys were like nerd engineer guys. They were he like, was fast. He was fast in water. I don't know how well that transfers. Like, I mean, a fish is fast in water, but if you put it on land, it's not very fast at all, is it? Yeah, this this is a professional, almost go to Olympics athlete, man. This guy can run. He's a fast fucking guy. I don't care if you're in water or not. He was pretty. And these guys were, that's what I'm saying. These nerds are like, no, not on my watch. I love it. I love these guys so much. I have a question for you, Richard. Yeah. Say you're in a situation where you have a boner and you experience some coitus interruptus. How long does it take for your boner to go away? Uh, you, you just tuck it up in the pants and then when it gets uncomfortable after being soft again, you just stuff it back from where the pants was. It could take a while. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like nowadays I'm getting older. It doesn't take much. Just think about baseball or whatever you do. Uh, but back in the day, you could probably, when I was 19, like Brock was, I could probably have a good stiff, like fuck. Uh, I wedged up on the top of my pants for like five minutes, maybe who knows i don't know okay. it depends what's going on you know what i mean okay so follow-up question from that do you sure. think it's possible i'm not a doctor and i don't have a dick much to my okay. chagrin please don't remind well, me well hey um, we have an easier life i don't I, i'm not i'm here to admit to it i'm not uh, denying it we have an easier life so you do wish you had a dick i know keep going i do i just wanted to helicopter. <laughs> that's all i want out of life um <laughs> the helicopter is a great part about having the dick it's just not the same with boobs i'm telling you you can't okay. make them both go in the same direction it's annoying <laughs> oh my god uh okay so richard follow-up question okay okay if he hit the ground boner first Based on the velocity of being thrown down by the super Swede, could it have turned his Audi into an innie? Not an innie, but you can break your dick for sure. It's a thing that can happen. If you have a full-blown heart on and you land on it, you can snap it and it like rips the, the like whatever muscles in there. I've heard of dudes like playing hockey, breaking their dick. Does not look fun. Uh, you could definitely break it. It doesn't go in though. It just like bends in half like a, like a, I don't know, like a straw. You know what I mean? All right. Well, okay, fine. I, I really think that a permanently inverted boner is what he deserved, but okay. Oh, for sure. He just deserves to have the whole thing cut off. So the super Swedes kept him, restrained him until the police were able to come and arrest him. So Brock insisted to police that he had her consent, but even if he had gotten it at some point in the night, it's void when she took in that much alcohol and even more void when she is not even conscious she did not mm -hmm. regain consciousness for two hours after she was taken to the hospital she was definitely unconscious yeah i heard she wake up till like four in the morning which is crazy 
Exactly. Yeah. With smelling salts and everything. They pulled, they cracked out smelling salts. They did everything. They, she didn't even wake up. That's nuts. She's very, very, I, very drunk. That's drunk. And it Which wasn't her right. Go for it. Was it, was there drugs? I don't know. Was there, was she like drugged at all or anything no. like that? Mm-mm. No, I, no, there was no drugs in her system. It was just alcohol. No, no Actually, recreational, no date rape, nothing. Just, she was just very, very drunk. Um, I was really interested in the le- their alcohol levels and like you were saying before, Brox was 0.17. When she was in the hospital, hers was around the same, what 0.17, and that was around 4 a.m. when she woke up. So the doctors estimated that at the time of the assault, her blood alcohol level would have been about 0.25 because she was she's quite a small girl from what I could tell. I Obviously, I couldn't find her weight on the website or anything on the internet, but she's quite slight. So for someone around her weight, probably around 55, 60 kilos. um, Which for you Americans is learn the metric system, you stubborn dickheads, pounds. Yes. In that situation at about 0.25, she's actually in serious medical emergency situation. And even though his blood alcohol was around the same, he was, like Richard was saying, he's a swimmer, he's fit, He's, you know, he would have been, a, he would have been a lot bigger than her. So his body would have me- metabolized the alcohol a lot easier. It is proven that women don't metabolize alcohol as well because we do have a lot more fat, you know, they can process it much faster. So they can have three beers and be under the limit. Whereas a female, if they were to drink three beers, they would be over the limit. If I'm blowing double, I cannot recount, you know, I can't recount every moment of that night drinking. Since you guys both brought it up, I do actually have um, some statistics here. You guys got exactly right, the bulk of all the information there. People who believe that Brock is being set up, allegedly, I can't find proof for any of this. You guys, this is all just out there. The His blood alcohol was not, according to them, 0.17. It was actually 17 times the legal limit. And the prosecution just chose to present it wrong. This is the argument. So just to break that down for you guys real quick, um, that would make his blood alcohol 1.36. The (laughs) highest blood alcohol ever recorded on someone who was not dead was 1.48. Alcohol poisoning occurs between 0.25 and 0.39. Anything over 0.4 is considered potentially fatal. Side effects including coma and death. There is no... No chance that that was his blood alcohol. In case you guys don't already think this is the most flimsy story ever, let's just take a quick second to just talk about the situation in itself. There are probably not a lot of Stanford students who spend their free time having public sex behind dumpsters. It's just, you know, I mean, anything that you learn about her it's, it's flimsy. It's just, there's nothing there. Anybody who knew her at the university would know she would never do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the story flimsy with, okay, we're behind the dumpster. Okay. And he claims that he said, may I please finger you, madam? And then she goes, we, s'il vous plaît, won't you stick your fingers in me? And then they go behind a dumpster where she takes her pants all the way down to her ankles, lifts her bra out of her shirt, flips her thing up and go, stick Dem's fingers in me now, please, sir. And then he goes, yes. And then she, oh, halfway through passes out. I don't 
dude, girls don't, if we're going to just finger bang behind this dumpster, I'm going my hands into your pants and we're finger banging like that. And then moving on. We're not ripping pants down to ankles. It doesn't work that way. Brock Turner. Uh, maybe, maybe weirdly it does for him, but not never me. If I'm finger banging people behind dumpsters, it's happening with pants on pants off. Don't come around dumpsters. You don't take pants off around. Am I wrong girls? Anyways, I just, I think that like, if he's saying that was consensual, why the fuck are pants at her ankles, dude? Like either they'd be right off or they would be on. You would have finger banged there and said, let's go back to the dorm. And like, well, the the boys will film it because that's what kind of weird shit they do in frats because this guy was a frat douchebag, right? So And why and why is she unconscious? Literally, if she was conscious up to this point, she would have had to have been drinking the entire time that they were in this like foreplay or whatever he's claiming in order for her to be unconscious. She's not just going to suddenly be unconscious between thanks for the compliment on my sick dance moves. I will let you finger me. No more drinking. Now suddenly I'm unconscious and can't be woken up for three hours. It's just, it just makes no sense. But yes, actually, Richard, that is basically exactly his story was, ma'am, may I finger you? Yes, sir. You may finger me. He even said she had an orgasm. Like, seriously, what a douche. Yeah, but with fingers like Brock uh, Brock, uh, Turner and a face like Michael Sarah, who wouldn't just come? Oh my God. <laughs> Michael Sarah's cute. Fuck you, man. He looks like, he looks girl. like, he looks like a more awkward Michael Sarah. He's, uh, uh Michael anyways. Sarah without the charm. Yeah, Michael exactly. Sarah mixed with a little bit of like sea turtle. He had a walk. I will say that. I watched some, some footage of him and stuff. He had one of those walks. I knew a guy in junior high who had like horrible cystic acne all over his face, but I thought he was super hot because he had just this walk about him. The way that he carried himself and he had that yeah. so i mean eh, i i get it he probably which makes me probably even more mad because i guarantee you he could get consensual vagina he could do it he probably had been like probably that same that. night his ex-girlfriend made a statement and said that he was never violent and that he was a lovely caring very thoughtful boyfriend so apparently he can get consensual he was vagina. so nice i broke up with him anyways well uh, whatever okay so what followed this travesty was an even larger travesty the defense and the media portrayed brock the jock as this blonde-haired blue-eyed superstar athlete with a baby face and an aw shucks manner during court proceedings brock's father dan turner who i will say i feel for as a parent Makes you think of Luca Magnata's mom. You're like Luca Magnata's mom. He was just, he was just a nice boy. My Luca was a nice boy. <gasps> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. He was basic instinct was his favorite movie. He'd watch it on repeat every day. Yeah, my I can't boy. imagine. My I, I can't imagine though my kids doing something. I would have to too. You know, you'd have to defend them, but like. I don't know how far you could go with it. Like if they're full blown serial killers, would you defend them? Would you be like. Dahmer's parents were there like I don't know would you just play stupid and just like let it you know I don't know I don't know what I'd have to do you know say my kid did what Brock Turner did um I would not defend him I'd be like I I raised him better than this and I don't think his actions reflect on you know the way we brought him up so Mm -hmm. do what you need to do justice system to make sure this victim feels safe to continue her life. 
I absolutely think he was brought up to think this kind of behavior was okay. Just, I'm going to get into some of the statements from his father and you will understand. Brayden, you're a parent, right? Correct. So what do you, what do you think? If you found out that you, I believe it's your son. If you found out that your son did something like this or something else awful, do you think you'd stand right by him? That's a really tough question. I don't think I could, honestly, just because I would want the best for the victim. And I just, I couldn't back someone that could do anything so horrific like that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. I'm not a survivor. So you know what? I might have a completely different perspective if I was in your shoes. I were thinking of it like Brock's agreeing that all this happened and uh, he's going, yes, I was a bad boy and I should have never done that. But no, he's not. He's going to his parents being like, I swear to God, mom and dad, uh, this guy or this girl, sorry, is making this all up. She totally gave me consent. I did nothing wrong. So you just go like, do I believe them now? Or is it, it becomes complicated because if your kid's not admitting to it, like, are you just supposed to just not believe them now? You believe them all the time before. He's never really been in trouble. Like it, it would make it very hard. It doesn't, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm not a victim either. So I can't really say from that perspective, uh, but from a parental perspective, if they're going to deny it like him, man, I don't know. I don't know what I'd say. So during court proceedings, Dan sure. Turner, um, he wrote a letter begging the judge for leniency saying that quote, 20 minutes of action had destroyed his son's life. And he, he also, he also explained in this letter that Brock was suffering from depression and a lack of appetite and just generally pouting about getting caught with his dick in the cookie jar. And he talked about, you know, what an, what a great athlete he was. And he mentioned his lap times, which, you know, his lap times don't matter. In fact, all <laughs> telling me that does is bum me out because as a woman, you're probably not safe from Brock Turner in the middle of the goddamn ocean. So <laughs> th those were the big sort of inflammatory, inflammatory comments that he did make. So he did acknowledge that this quote, 20 minutes of action did happen, but at no point did he acknowledge that it was a crime. Yeah. He was convicted of like finger banging her though. Right. Not fuck like not putting his penis. Yeah, not in right. There. He not, was not convicted. Right. Like, he, there was no evidence of him like actually penetrating her with his penis am i correct he so. was indicted on two counts of rape and two counts of felony sexual assault all of which he pled not guilty to but he was convicted on march 30th 2016 of three charges of felony sexual assault two for digitally penetrating an unconscious or intoxicated person and one for assault with intent to commit rape so from what i can gather Prosecutors couldn't prove rape because of the DNA analysis result. And Brock, I believe himself first admitted to penetrating her with his finger. So during the attack, Brock didn't rape her, but did penetrate her with his finger and then was interrupted while trying to penetrate her with his wiener. How many times can you say penetrate in a podcast? I, we didn't, we, we haven't said it enough. Nah, more, 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 more. the world record. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm but good? yeah, okay. And not that it really makes a difference. It just for some reason I I didn't think that uh, they found any DNA. So I because I, I remember seeing it was like I, I remember when I originally started hearing about this. It, he got I think he got with a foreign object, and I remember being like, "What the fuck is a foreign object?" And I went and looked it into it. It was like his finger. He was finger banger, yeah. but uh, yeah. Uh, 
okay. Aren't all Good. objects that go in the vagina foreign objects? I guess. Like, I think they just mean yeah. like, like I thought they meant like he had like some weird rape dildo and he just like would bring it like, you're going to have an orgasm now. It's like, no. Anyways, keep going. I'll see where you go. I got, I got a few questions too for later. Once you see your, his dad. Okay. We didn't even talk about how he said action. Uh-uh. No, that was gross. Um, he also said in his letter, I will add that he really tried to portray Brock as this stand-up guy because Brock wanted to repent by educating other young adults about the quote, dangers of alcohol consumption and sexual promiscuity. Do we think that this counts as promiscuity? I think we do not, sir. No. I think that is being a rapist. If you wanna have sex with like everybody on the campus, you do that with their consent. That's right. Definitely predatory behavior. Correct. Just gross. He was sentenced on June 2nd, 2016 to six months in jail and three years of probation despite the recommendation by prosecutors that he serve six years. So we won but we don't get the sentence that we wanted, even though we have earned it. But he was required to be registered as a sex offender for life. Good. And to complete a rehabilitation program. So keep in mind, the sex offender registry contains not only violent sexual criminals and child molesters, but it also contains people who um, were convicted of indecent exposure for urinating outside or for having consensual sex with a partner outside. So, I mean, being registered as a sex offender, unless you know what they have done, there is a stigma, but they can't make assumptions. So there's I a would, certain expect, expectation of tolerance. I would, I would, ex- I would first, I, and maybe I'm wrong. You guys can say you guys, what, I would assume child molester right away. That's what I would assume yeah. just to be on the safe side. Most yeah. people do. Yeah, which sucks for like just someone who is like, ooh, we're going to go to the beach and have sex. And then you're fucking on the sex offender list. But hey, man. For sure. So after this sentence was was laid down, the little shit had the stones to complain about it. He appealed it in December of 2017 and lost the appeal on August 8th, 2018. He only ended up actually serving three months in jail. I have had cups in my room longer than that. Yeah, we were, we've been in quarantine longer than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we've all had to suffer more than that ass clown. Makes me sick. So I know poor men who got busted with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of marijuana, a little bit of something, something else. And they're still sitting two years later. No intent to sell, just possession. Yeah. You um, know that judge was paid off. 100%. His parents, Judges are paid off in America. His parents, his dad is a civilian Air Force employee and his mother um, is a registered surgery nurse. Yeah. Registered surgery so, nurse. She brings in a good income. She worked hard for it. Sorry. I'm not going to deny that for one second. He's a, he's a hero. He's an American hero too, right? Like you go to a judge with like, we're an affluent family. And I, I'm, I've fought for your freedom so you could sit on this judge seat. Just make it go away. They can do that. I, I, that doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibilities, honestly. It doesn't. Uh, it is all speculation. I Yeah, obviously. Like, uh, this is just me talking, but. Absolutely. I think it's, it's a very real possibility. 
especially yeah. in this case, because again, as a parent, I think you'd pay whatever it takes. The mom is making the bank only to have it wasted on her shit son. The judge who presided over this case, his name was Judge Aaron Persky. He caused such an uproar with his leniency that he was recalled by the people of California in 2018. Persky defended himself in a statement saying he was following the rule of law, not the rule of public opinion. And I don't disagree with that statement at all, but I will say that in the US, the law has been manipulated many a time to fit other cases where there was no precedent just to accomplish a greater sentence and to make a bigger example in the future. And I'll actually be discussing one of those cases on another episode. So we're going to be talking about that as well. Judge Persky decrees. I fucking Persky. I'm yeah. probably dying. My internet's pesky. probably being stupid. Pesky asshole. asshole. Yeah, but didn't he kind of like, did he kind of sound like he believed, uh, like Brock, like he wasn't trying to do anything yeah. bad. Yeah, nice young man like that. You're going to ruin his life sending him to jail. So let me read you some statements. Life. Yeah. <laughs> let me read you some statements. Yeah, let's okay. hear it. So in his statement following the sentencing, Persky acknowledged that he had read the letter from the victim, reviewed the rules of court. I'm not going to read segments from the victim's letter here. Um. So uh, I, he, read, I read it. I read it and it made me cry. Exactly. So I'm, yes. I'm not, he said in his statement, he reviewed the rules of court and what he had to ask himself was, quote, is state prison for this defendant an antidote to the poison spread by the media? Is incarceration in state prison the right answer for poisoning the victim's life? And his decision was, quote, in trying to balance the factors in the rules of court, I conclude that it is not the antidote and that justice would best be served ultimately with a grant of probation. He also said that Turner was, quote, less morally culpable for the assault because he was drunk. He also said that the character letters indicate that since the incident, he has had a period of, quote, essentially good behavior and that he needed to consider, quote, the likely effect of imprisonment on the defendant saying, quote, obviously a prison sentence would have a severe impact on him. And that may be true in any case. I think it's probably more true with a youthful offender sentenced to state prison at such a young age. So he didn't even go to prison then. He just stayed in jail. I decree. I like white rich people. <laughs> like what a yeah. dickhead. He was. So not surprisingly, he was recalled in 2018. And after working briefly as a high school girls tennis coach, he was fired from that position as well in 2019. Uh-huh. Smart move. <laughs> okay, wait, this guy's, this guy's career move was from judge to tennis teacher? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I do want to bring up, because I, I found this interesting. I don't know how much familiarity there is with, between the U.S. with Canadian cases, so at the time, Judge Robin Camp was under investigation in Alberta, Canada for his disgusting statements in a sexual assault case he was presiding over in 2014. So I think just because of the notoriety, this wasn't just local. This was, this was notorious. 
he should have known about this and should have taken maybe a little bit of a lesson here. The victim in the case under Judge Robin Camp was assaulted in a bathroom. And during the course of the trial, Camp asked the victim why she, quote, couldn't keep her knees together, why she didn't, quote, sink her bottom into the bathroom sink to avoid being raped, and why she didn't, quote, skew her pelvis to avoid penetration. He also said that because she didn't scream, she must have wanted to have sex. And he told her that sex and pain sometimes go together, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. He ended up acquitting the perpetrator and telling him in court, I'm going to give us a little break after this so we can all scream. I want you to tell your friends, your male friends, that they have to be far more gentle with women. They have to be far more patient and they have to be very careful to protect themselves. They have to be very careful. Let's destroy the patriarchy and save the plants. (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable. Must make joke. (laughs) I can't believe I can't. And because I'm not done being mad, he was removed from the bench in 2016. Yay. But reinstated in 2018. Yeah, I was going to say, how did he come back? Which is disgusting and un-Canadian. And I hate it. I hate it. So I don't much. like it either. The tennis courts wouldn't take him back. I'm just saying Persky should have learned from this case because it was under investigation. It had happened already at this time. And I, I like, he should have been aware of this. Yeah. So Persky, oh, Persky sounds like, uh, like, I wonder if we could look at a Persky at one point, and just see if he has any more controversial. Cause that's pretty fucking controversial. Like six months for something that had a potential of 14 years. That's nuts. That's nuts. I wonder if he did anything else crazy. Fucking Persky. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like getting handshakes with $50 bills in them. It is. America. America. (laughs) Um, So the victim in this case was known throughout the trial only as Emily Doe until 2019 when she released a memoir about her experience, which I have mixed feelings about. And this is why. On the one hand... Advocating for rape victims is always a noble thing to do. And I think that they cannot have enough. They cannot have enough leaders. They cannot have enough people advocating for them. But when this is something so many women and men, don't get me wrong, more men than women, in fact, struggle with reporting in the first place, it can do some damage because they will feel like unless they can handle, they're strong enough to handle a media attention that they can't ask for help. And I think, and I know that this is very taboo to say, I think it will exacerbate the already very small problem population of women that do claim false rape. Because if revenge or whatever motivating factor isn't enough, I think this kind of attention could certainly be. And I will say, I do know a woman personally who did this. I know it happens as a woman, I acknowledge it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 this is the first time I'm going to disagree with you, Celeste. I like that she made the book and I like, she used her pain to make something positive out of it. I don't know if what she's going to do with it now, 
maybe she should be going around touring, helping other people uh, have the strength to, to say their name and everything and go out there and make their story known. Uh, I hope that's what she does with the money. But even so, if not, like. Well, she's not getting she's not getting any compensation in any other form from him because, you know, he's not. He spent three months in, in jail, not in prison. So he's not he he's paid in no way. So if in a small way, making some money from writing her story is going to give her some form of compensation that she can use to better her life and make herself well and you know like you said help other people then that's awesome but I do also on the other hand agree with what Celeste is saying that there it can become a little bit dangerous because it can open the door for people to take advantage of that situation so I think it it goes both ways I feel I feel happy for her that this is something that that she's been able to put her story out there and use it as a as a form of healing because before that she couldn't. No one knew who she was. She was, like you said, only known as Emily Doe. So no one knew who she was. She couldn't talk about her experience. So she she didn't even know who she was. She didn't even know until like 10 days later. She knew she was a victim of a sexual assault, but she didn't even know that it was her until she read it in the newspaper at work. Yeah, and she like yeah, uncontrollably started shaking like at work, kept like mental breakdown right then and there. Yeah, she didn't even she when she left the hospital, she had to sign the thing saying she was a rape victim and she didn't remember any of it. And she was like, okay, well, I'm just not gonna tell anybody until I figure out what happens. And then 10 days later, Brock's big, big stupid face is all over the news, and she reads up and she's like, That was me, man. That's fucked up. So she was learning about it at the same time as her as all her co-workers and and her family and friends were learning about it. And then that's when she had to turn around to her family and say, that was me. I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be popular, uh, but it's just it's just a devil's advocate kind of thing. It's not I this is a thought experiment. This isn't Richard's opinion. Okay, everybody, not Richard's opinion. Uh, (laughs) But like maybe the Swedes aren't the aren't the heroes. Maybe if they just never would have passed, no one would have ever known any of this happened and she wouldn't have been fucked up. Brock might have raped again, I guess. But I mean, they didn't without them saying anything. She had no memory of it. Now she's all fucked up because of it. Got her life. I obviously I don't believe that. But I mean, there's a the, my, my buddy, the Swedes kind of made it fucked up, but like good and fucked up and good. Like no one wins now before. If she would have, nobody had a memory. Brock could claim he never had a memory. There's no real losers. Now it's all losers, right? No, she would have lost anyway. Yeah. Because she's going to wake up in the morning, half naked behind a dumpster. Yeah, for sure. Probably with like jizz on her leg. So I think either way, at least now she knows and has that power. And don't get me wrong. You guys, I, I am so proud of her for being an advocate for facing her attacker the way that she did. I think she is incredibly strong. And to anybody listening, if you want to check out her book, I didn't, obviously they did. So bad me. Um, it's called Know My Name, written by Chanel Miller, and I am actually going to read it now. I read that I read that in um, 2016, some members of the House of Representatives in, in America took turns reading out her victim statement on the floor because they wanted everyone to hear it and use it to move forward and put laws in place that actually advocate for these types of victims and 
after that, Joe Biden, when he, he was vice president at that time, he actually wrote a letter to Chanel and said that um, he was disgusted that she had to, had to fight for her own self-worth after everything that had happened and that he wanted to make sure that there was change within the law. I did, I did a little bit of research. <laughs> Good. Good. I did too much research into Brock and not enough research into Chanel, which well, I understand. That's okay. That's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So Brock did face some punishment outside of legal action. He was forced to withdraw from the university and he was banned by the U.S. Olympic Swimming Organization from ever competing with the team, which from what I understand is where his life was headed before this. He was Mm -hmm. going to be team U.S. of A swimming at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. He is currently employed with Tark Inc., where he conducts quality control on cooling technology for medical appliances. He makes $12 an hour. And he still lives with his dipshit parents. Ah, so good to know. Was it worth it, Brock? <laughs> I say there should have been a force of separation between him and his parents. Like, you need to go live on your own. Can't be around these people anymore. They raised you wrong. <laughs> There's something there. I don't know. I can't make that assumption. I I do assume it just because of what his dad. That's said, what I'm I saying. His mom never said anything, which means she was probably just like a good person. No, it just means she's smart. Yeah, she's definitely a smart person who realized there's no winning. Even if she believes something, it doesn't matter what she believes. You can't say shit. You're you're done. You're fucked if you do, fucked if you don't. So just don't. (laughs) Did you uh, like you ever watch like Dahmer's parents try to explain themselves out of that? It's fucking hilarious. Like, dude, you can't explain it like. Your kid was a crazy yeah. man. You're you can't just go like we didn't understand this. Like I'm sorry, you guys are fucked. So it's probably better she they didn't say anything. <laughs> like Brock's a piece of shit. They know it. Though maybe they don't yeah, know maybe. it. Maybe they don't know it. Like maybe that's the crazy part. Maybe they don't know that they themselves are pieces of shit and raised one. It's definitely possible. A lot of people lack that self awareness. Yeah. Where are they it's from? Ohio. I think school was in California. So did they move from California to Ohio to escape? No, but I, I vaguely remember in the court case, them going like, he uh, he was just a little country bumpkin in the big city and he didn't know how to party like you big city people. And like, <laughs> what? Like, I remember that being like an excuse. He's just a stupid country boy. So like, I didn't know. I thought it was Hawaii, Ohio or something like that. But You're right. He's from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I remember, I vaguely remember something like that where the, the judge said something like, you're just stupid, you know? It's just like, what? You, it doesn't matter if you're just stupid. As soon as you do something stupid, that's when you get in trouble. That's what the whole point of justice and fucking punishment is, is you do something jackassy and you get fucking in trouble for it. Not like, you're just stupid, you get a pass. Like, no, not how that works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Before I move on, um, I'm going to read you guys some of the arguments put forward by people who believe that Brock is innocent. Okay. And I'm going to state again, none of these have been confirmed. None of these are reputable sources, but I think it's important to know them going forward. No rape drugs were found in Chanel's system. None. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, both of them were absolutely drunk. And some people believe that he was actually far more drunk than she was. 
People have stated that Brock is more reliable than the victim because he is a respected person among family and friends and a dedicated athlete and student. Not sure why that's an argument, but okay. Well, if you can swim really fast, you don't tell lies. That's the way the world works. Somebody should tell (laughs) Michael Phelps that. Okay, um, the Swedish grad students are not reliable witnesses. They physically we- assaulted Brock and had to concoct a narrative to justify their attack in order to avoid charges. Right. Oh. We Sorry? use our engineering to save girl. <laughs> I was just making a Swedish accent again. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> We use our engineering, and we're not very good at people because we don't speak it in English. Can't even speak going. <laughs> Swedish, Italian, American. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, I don't do accents. <laughs> I don't do accents. And yet you do them in like every episode for some reason. <laughs> um, so the victim herself is not reliable because apparently at the party, her sister asked her to help her get her drunk friend home safely. And the victim, Chanel, said she was too busy looking for young boys to cheat on her boyfriend with. Uh, I don't know why her sister said that about her, even if it is true. I mean, maybe, okay, that makes her kind of a dick, but still probably reliable, all things considered. Um, She is also a criminal guilty of indecent exposure because she peed outside. I've peed outside probably more times than I've peed inside. Oh, man, me too. Come on. The sister or Chanel? The victim. The victim peed outside, and so she's a criminal, I guess. I, I've peed outside. Brayden, you pee outside? We've all peed outside. Come on. We've all peed outside. Come on. We do a lot of camping here. Us too. You just pee where you are, man. Sometimes yeah. I pee outside if I'm having a smoke and I can't wait. I'll just pee outside my door. I don't give a fuck. I'm a guy. I have, little, I have a friend who's a vet that does that all the time. Pee like outside. veterinarian on animals? Yeah, he's a veterinarian. And every time he comes over, like during the summer and we drink in the yard, he'll never go in the house. He'll just pee in the yard. Maybe he himself identifies as an animal. Uh, he's, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, he's really into his work. That's for sure. You never know. I respect I the hell him. out of him. Yep. Good doctor. He's a fun you dude. You do you, boo. He ends all of his sentences with huge bush for some reason. I don't know why, but I find it funny. What? <laughs> Anytime he talks about anybody, as soon as he's finished like describing them, he'll be like, good guy, huge bush. It's funny. And I don't know why he does it, but he always does. <laughs> Oh man. He's a good dude. Hi, Joel. I love you. Shout out. <laughs> love it. Make sure you um, visit me when they when Celeste and Richard come visit me. Yeah, Joel, you're invited. Cool. I'm coming. Uh yeah. So last argument to note, because Brock said she was awake, alert, and responsive while getting fingered, that means consent somehow. And also, if he wasn't a rapist, or if he was a rapist, he wouldn't have bothered fingering her. But like I said before, she was unconscious when the police came and remained unconscious for two hours after in the hospital. So unless she was chugging the entire time, that makes absolutely no sense. Hmm. So let's talk about it, you guys. Do you think his punishment was fair? No. Oh, of course it was. Absolutely. Uh. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that was a really small <sighs> debate, but good episode, you guys. All right. Oh, I'm there's serious. more. There's debate to be had. <laughs> it's just like. What's the proper punishment for a raper, though? We got to think about this. Like, is it 14 years? Someone just said 14 years. Or is it like, 
like a hundred years. Like when you see murders though, and like a killer slash raper guy, he'll be like, yeah, I totally killed them, but I didn't touch them. So like raper raping is like worse in a serial killer's brain sometimes. So like, I feel like six months isn't going to even cover it. The 14 year max doesn't cover it. It's a weird, the whole thing needs to be revamped. I think honestly. In the U S you know, when you're in the court of law, um, depending on what your charges are, the conviction is going to be based on previous cases of the same sort, which is really yeah. fucked up because now he just presented the next Brock Turner, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot of fighting to do over here. We're going to do it, mm. but it just sucks that it, that it came to that because all 100% money, money talked him out of that. Yeah, I think I think in yeah, California yeah. they changed the minimum mandatory for uh, sexual assault to like two years or something like that. So they actually have already discussed it a bit and made it better since Barack Turner because of that. I think that's what Biden's big thing was. Uh, but I mean, still, two years doesn't seem like enough for me. I, I don't know though. I I, <laughs> I feel like he should have definitely gotten more time. Honestly, um, I just I can't believe how little time he got and how much he got away with. It's just so shocking to me. And that woman deserves so much more. And do you think, okay, I got a question for you, Brayden. Do What would you say that would be the, like when you this happened, did it affect you on a personal level because you are a victim? Do you remember being, feeling like you were personally like attacked with this ruling? Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, for me, I never went through the justice system. I, I never did. So I don't have that perspective, but when it comes to my own personal experience, this definitely like hit me in, in my own way because there should have been so much more done. And I just, I completely feel for the situation, especially for her. Yeah. Let's, I, let's talk statistics for a second here, you guys. Sure. In the United States, Studies estimate that 15 to 20% of women will experience an acquaintance or partner rape in their lifetime. Only 27% of women who have experienced sexual assault that met the legal definition of rape consider themselves to be victims of rape. And only about 5% of women ever report their attack to the police. That is a whole lot of 20 minutes of action going on. Yeah. So, Brayden, if you're comfortable, I'd like to ask you why you chose not to report. Out of fear, completely just out of fear. Um, and I didn't want to go through that process because I was young. I was 15. I just didn't want to go through that whole process and bring my whole family into it, bring anyone into it. And I didn't want to face that person at all. That's so you felt that it would be you on trial and not the person that hurts you. A hundred percent. Now that you're past your experience and all that stuff, would you feel like now you've uh, made a mistake by not going to bring it up to officials? Or do you feel like what you did was the way it would have been good for you still to this day? Do you know what I mean? Is there regrets not going? Because there's people out there that probably sit at home and go like, fuck, I probably should have went. Or I did the right thing by not going. And I'm interested to see what you would have to say. That's a really, really good question. Um, I think I don't regret it. I, I went through a lot of therapy and did a lot of processing on my own. 
And I think if I went through a justice system route, I would have gone through more turmoil than I already had been through. And that's uh, honestly, that's where the conversation needs to be is that the fact that in my opinion, I, I could be completely wrong, but my opinion that you shouldn't have to feel that way. And I, I'm sorry that you do feel that way. I, you should feel as though you're safe to go to the police with any type of thing. Uh, a problem like that. And I, uh, this is my biggest problem with sexual assault is that the victims feel more victimized by actually trying to get help about it. I think that's fair. I feel like that's what's happening to any uh, rape or sexual assault victim. You get torn through the mud by the defense trying to make you look like you deserved it in some way to get their client off because that's what their goal is, a defense attorney, right? Is to get your client off. Exactly. Does, does anyone know? I wish I'd, I'd, I meant to look this up and I forgot to. I know some states have now passed laws where in sexual assault cases, the defense is absolutely not allowed to bring up any past sexual behavior or anything related to uh, a a, a complainant's sexual character, as it were. They can't drag them through the mud. Yeah, Minnesota's one. And um, I think they also implemented the unconsciousness part. If someone is unconscious, they are unable, unable, cannot give consent. Yeah, it's just locker room talk. Relax. Just locker room talk. Boys will be boys. Boys, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Oh, you want to know the dumbest thing I got in trouble in school for? I was in high school. 16-year-old female walking down the hallway, and some kid walks up behind me and pants me, which means you just pull someone's pants down around their ankles. Mm -hmm. And like, no second thought, I just turned around and cracked him a good one. I mean, so hard he fell. I got suspended for the rest of the day and he got nothing. Um, I got the boys will be boys speech, but violence is never okay or is never tolerated. No tolerance policy on violence. I want to propose to you guys a question because that just reminded me of something that I did, which is like the exact opposite, but could also be exactly the same. When I was in high school, I was trying to get up the stairs to my class and a dude walking in front of me, he was one of those guys that had his pants that like sat in the middle of his thighs. And so he went up the stairs at such a glacial fucking pace that I put my thumbs in his belt loops and reefed his pants up. And I was like, now you can walk faster, fuck. (laughs) Now I ask you, because I think maybe now that we've had this conversation, I think I maybe sexually assaulted that guy. You assault, that's assault, brother. You put your hands on anybody else when they don't want you to, that is assault. I don't care what you think it is. But there's Uh, a difference between sexual assault and plain old. And assault. Assault. Because I made him less naked, it wasn't sexual? Exactly. What if I like put... Um, like a corset on somebody who was already fully clothed because I found it arousing. That would be sexual assault. Well, did they did they consent to have the corset put Let's on? Let's say no. You... Forcibly you put a corset on someone? I'm scared of you. Yeah, I um, want to know what Brayden thinks of that one. I like what I like. <laughs> I think if you're touching someone in general without them wanting you to touch them, it's assault, a sexual assault, period. Can I tell you, can I tell you what I think sexual assault is? I think 
It's anything that the person who is being touched considers to be sexual, whether you consider it sexual or not. So if that person, while you were yanking up their pants, was like, I feel sexually assaulted, then they were sexually assaulted. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, I I can't honestly, as a guy, I fucking feel bad for women all the time in this regard, because like, uh, I don't know. I've like I said, I've always felt self or safe. I've always felt safe no matter where I've gone. So um, yeah. I don't have to ever fear this, but my wife's told me stories where she's felt scared or whatever people I know. And I can't believe it. I can't imagine. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I don't think it's very sad that we need to be overprotective because at any moment we can be pulled into some corner or some alley and there you go. Mm-hmm. You're defenseless. And I mean, this has been talked about enough. Dudes should be fully aware that they can't just be like, hey, you're mine. I don't know. I, I feel for the plight of the assaulted in this, especially this lady. And I, I feel bad that Brock only got three months. Uh, but there are some funny shit that did happen to Brock, if anybody wants to know. Yes. He was put in. He was put. I wish I could share my screen and people would understand. But no, he was. he's now the textbook definition of a rapist. They took, uh, yeah, they put Brock's face, yeah, in the uh, the magazine or in the, the the textbook for psychology class or whatever as the rapist. Whether or not you got your like uh, three months or whatever, you're still in a textbook for I don't know how long till somebody worse than you, which I don't really see, comes along and makes you work, swap out pictures. But I love that. Very plain looking is probably why they chose him. Yeah. Yeah. He is weirdly non-threatening. He's like the epitome of like everything wrong with stranger danger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you got to remember though, that's just a picture. He is a six foot three man to 180 pounds. He's a big boy. It's not like he, he would be intimidating in real life. Just the pictures make him look like a dork. That's all. Yeah. Let's consider where he's at, like in his life right now. Like he's making like minimum wage, you know, doing a job that Mm -hmm. like, probably i mean he probably let's consider he probably never would have even had to have a job he would have like finished school been an athlete on mom and dad's dime until he was making big bucks swimming for team usa yeah i i've been around high level athletes like this before uh and their entire life is that so the fact that he got three months in jail, which is stupid, but the fact they ripped apart, ripped away the one thing he like probably all he thought about besides like raping the next girl uh, was the swimming. That's amazing to me. That that ruined his life. He's fucking for sure. I be- I guarantee he's sitting there hammered all day at his parents' house, depressed, hating life, just going to a stupid nine to five because yeah. mom and dad make him right. Probably can't get a girl because everybody knows his stupid face from the textbook. Oh, his at uh, that and like Facebook mm-hmm. demolished him. Like he's done. There's no way that fit. You might as well change his name and move to a different country. Honestly, might as well just Will Baker it. Exactly for sure. At this point, Brock Turner's fucked. There's no, uh, there's no getting out of that. You know, your face yeah. get fall down some stairs or something. Get facial reconstructive because. I agree. I agree. I think yeah. he's getting what he deserves for sure. There's only one thing in my opinion that's missing is his acceptance of what he did and admitting to it to everybody else so there can be closure and healing for the victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he, he, he apologized directly to her for what he did. And he no longer really, he doesn't say she's lying anymore. Basically, his claim now was that, well, um, every girl that I'd been with before was just as drunk. And so 
I assumed because I had consent from all those other girls that I had consent from this girl. I'm not a criminal. I'm just ignorant of the law is basically what he's saying now. You're he says a fucking he serial it. ignorant bitch because yeah, so he, should what I'm hearing, charged, he should have been charged exactly. for every single girl he admitted to. Exactly. That's so right. what I'm hearing is you raped more women. Yeah, no, this, uh, this oh. didn't help. This is my point. He doesn't, he's not taking responsibility. That's what the word I was trying to say. You I deserve think Brock to- Turner is, a, is more of a piece of shit now that I have heard that, that he only sleeps with drunk women because they cannot give informed consent and he is a fucking dog. The end. Um, did you guys hear that? Yeah, scared everyone. That was, that's thunder. Really? That's, it scared me. It's oh my God. It scared all of us. Before we wrap this up, you guys, I want to quickly give the listeners a pocket-sized education on date rape and what to be on the lookout for. Date rapes often include the use of any substance that has a tranquilizing effect and can include alcohol, sleep aids, and recreational drugs, but also specific drugs. Some examples of these drugs are Rohypnol, which is the roofie, GHD and GBL, I can't pronounce them, have a Google if you want, and ketamine. Absolutely. Uh, has anybody here ever been dosed? Either no. like on purpose or like you did it to yourselves or? Like roofie? I was just gonna say, I never, I didn't know people did that recreationally until that one guy that like almost got killed by Bruce MacArthur was like, yeah, we got Rohypnols and we did it for fun just before. And then I, I started to lose consciousness and realized this is the guy killing everyone. I was like, you do Rohypnol for fun? That's fucked up. But anyways, I didn't know that was a thing. That's they're from there. Rohypnol is Rohypnol is a a Pam, so like lorazepam, all of those temazepam. Um, so there are benzodiazepines. So I have had benzodiazepines in my life, but I've never had Rohypnol. It's actually inc- one of the most strongest ones that you can have. So a lot of the other ones, like lorazepam, is quite weak in comparison. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, yeah. Rohypnol then- is the one that they use specifically for people who have such severe insomnia that they can go like five days being completely unable to sleep. Yeah. Mm. It's okay. what, it's definitely one of the strongest benzodiazepines you can get. And um, it's not surprising that it is the drug of choice mm. because it does absolutely wipe people out. Well, I will just describe them for you guys from what I learned. Uh, Common symptoms of being dosed with date rape drugs include slurred speech, excessive sweating, tremors, loss of muscle control, changes in skin temperature, blurred vision, loss of coordination, and a change in breathing, which unfortunately, as you guys know, are also very common symptoms of being drunk, which is why it's most likely to be dosed in your booze. Listeners out there, Try to stay alert for these changes in your own body in vulnerable situations and also monitor your friends. They are relying on you just like you're relying on them to keep each other safe. So never take drinks from strangers. Always watch the bartender make your drinks. Avoid being alone with people you don't know well. And always, 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 I cannot stress this enough, trust your instincts if you're uncomfortable you be a dick you make a scene you call their mother you get the fuck out of there call your homegirl celeste i'll come over there and i'll fucking beat a bitch's ass if he tries to make you stay you call tally too 
all come. The whole unethical podcast will be at your door. We'll be at his door. Yeah. Tally has guns. I don't. I just have a big mouth and I might get myself killed. I got both. <laughs> <laughs> and a big mouth. <laughs> and also, I'd like to just add at the end of that, if you are considering putting a drug into someone's drink, don't. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Don't rape people. Stop. No more. Do not leave your drinks unattended. You take them to the bathroom with you. You hold them in between your legs. <laughs> you just, you don't leave them unattended. Put them in a fucking sippy cup so no one can stick shit in it. I don't care if they're your friends. I literally do not give one good goddamn if you've known them five years. Don't leave them alone yeah. with your drink. Don't nope. do it. Christy, mm -hmm. could you say that no. again, that whole thing louder for the people in the back? Okay, so don't put drugs in people's drinks. Don't rape, stop it. Regardless of what they're wearing, what they're saying, what they're doing, don't touch people unless they say you can. Even if they're consent. drunk and they say you can, yeah. still don't do it. Informed consent, you assholes. Make them alone. sign a waiver. If that's what it takes for you to know that you have consent, you do it. You get the app, you get the consent app and you get them to do the voice recording of the signing or whatever you gotta do. That is what you do. I don't care wait, if it kills your boner, your boner is not my problem. Wait, what, wait, wait, there's a consent app? Goddamn right, there's a consent app. I get it, but I mean, Jesus Christ, as if we're dudes are that scary where some female coder was like, I'm writing a consent app. This is happening. Yep. That's where fucking it's gone. It has That's to insane to me. It's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't too, because like, don't get me wrong. I am mm -hmm. a little bit catching to the eye. So like I throw people off because like, if they're like, hey, I want to come talk to you. I'm like, hey. Fuck off. I'm here with my friends. I didn't invite you to my table. Bye. Hmm. And they're like, wow, she's a bitch. No one ever talked to her. And I'm like, damn right. I'm a bitch. Go home. No one, no one yep. invited you. That's right. If you have a little wiener and you have to tell a girl that she's a bitch after you've just hit on her or tell her that she's fat or that you weren't into her in the first place, you do that. Your words don't hmm. hurt us. We're not afraid of your words. We are afraid though of your little wiener because any wiener, even a little one, can still rape a woman. And can still get you mm -hmm. pregnant. So I think we'll wrap up the podcast episode here, guys. But before we go, I would <laughs> just like to tell you a story that I just thought of and I think you guys might find interesting. Um, there was a man and he, anytime he was out uh, and he picked up a woman from a bar, he would turn on audio recording on his phone and leave it on the entire time that she was there. And that was his uh -huh. way of proving that he had consent because I guess somebody that he knew was falsely accused of rape or something. And so, you know what, if that's what you need to do, whatever. I mean, obviously you have the proof, so easy. Mm. And what happened was he took this girl home and she went crazy, totally cuckoo bananas. And she started getting really violent with him. And so in an attempt to get her out of the apartment and away from him, uh, he put her out on the balcony and shut the door. <laughs> and so then he goes back inside the apartment and he's like about to make a call to a buddy of his or to the police or something. And she jumps from the balcony and dies. Okay. 
And if it were not for the fact that you could clearly hear in the recording that he shut the door, he was inside, you could hear her screaming on the other side of the glass, he would have gone to prison. Wow. Because the prosecution argued that he pushed her, he forced her off. And when they had the recording, they still tried to argue that she jumped because she was afraid for her safety, which they also could not prove. He didn't raise his voice with her. He didn't raise a hand to her. He did nothing. It's amazing. His life would have been ruined if he hadn't done that. So if that's what you got to do, guys, do it. Yep. Turn on, turn on your recording. That's what you got to yeah. do. And the bush on that guy. And a huge bush. And a huge it's bush. Not the guy. Huge bush. <laughs> Hi, Joel. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start using that. And a huge bush. I'm going to say that. It's next funny. Time, next time bush. my corporate people come down for a visit, I'm going to just like talk about all my new employees that way. They won't know what to do. <laughs> good workers. Good workers. <laughs> Huge bush. Huge bush. Yeah. <laughs> Finn. Play us out. so much for listening to this episode you guys check the description for subscribe links and a link to our patreon for unedited episode recordings with video at five dollar level you can also check out our instagram and facebook groups just look for unethical podcast we don't have twitter twitter is stupid you can catch our new episodes fridays wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts Let's end this episode strong, you guys, with some truly inspiring words from our amazing guest host, Brayden Hay. You just have to keep going. And for me, for a long time, it it brought me down and it took me to a place of very deep darkness. And coming out of that was really difficult. And just like knowing that there is a spot where you can get to that is positive. Um, That's like the biggest thing that I could give advice for. Now I can't even be in the corner properly. I'm no good.